Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's not written by Joe Rogan. I knew I was going to say. <laughs> Imagine if Joe Rogan wrote this. So Seth Rogan. <laughs> These are the inebriated accounts of movie favorites as you've never heard them before. Our guests watch movies and tell recap stories, blending casts, plots, emotional reactions, theories, quotes, and yes, alcohol. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the movie's stories. My name is Joe Vows, and I'm going to give you the story of Superbad. So, Superbad is, and I, I say this uh, with no hyperbole, like maybe one of the most important films that I've ever seen. And I know that that might sound fairly funny or interesting for kind of a stupid little comedy, um, but it came out in 2007. So, I think it's important to think about. Uh, the reason that I chose this and the reason why this movie is so important to me, I think that the the cool thing about movies and the cool thing about kind of art in general is that it can kind of bring us back, especially when we're rewatching or we're, uh, we're going over things um, for the second time back to the place where we either first saw it or um, back to thinking about like a time in our life that that is really either important or happy and uh, all that sort of fun stuff. So for me, I was a junior, junior in college. Um, so this came out in 2007. I went to college uh, next to a movie theater. And so what we would do in college is uh, probably at, you know, the midnight, the movies would come out at midnight on Friday. And we would just get, get tickets to go see like almost every movie at midnight. Um, so I've seen, you know, from 2006 to like 2009, like most of the movies that came out, saw them either that night at midnight or like that first weekend. Um, so this is maybe my favorite theater experience that I've ever had. Um, I think that there's some like very funny, not necessarily funny, but I like seeing like horror movies the first weekend because I think crowds are like kind of bonkers <laughs> the first weekend. Um, but this was uh, a blast. So I remember this movie came out in uh, kind of the late summer, like right before my junior year started. Had a little bit of buzz as being like the latest comedy movie to come out. And, uh, you know, went to go see it with a bunch of my friends. So we got tickets to see it the Friday that it came out. So it came out in like mid to late August, whatever. Um, and within the first, you know, it might not have been that first weekend. Within the first couple of weeks, we went to go see it. We were hearing all these things about Superbad. And there was a liquor store right across the street from the uh, from the theater. I was not 21 at the time, um, but had friends that had that had fake. So we got a bunch of 40s and we were like, all right, Friday night, we're going to go see Superbad. It's going to be like funny. It's going to be awesome. Then we're going to like go out to a bunch of parties. So 
That's we end up getting tickets. You had a super bad evening experience going. To <laughs> <Snapchat>. <laughs> yeah, and and like the best thing is, is like we didn't know what this movie was like necessarily about. We just saw like this kind of like wacky trailer and was like, oh, it's some stupid comedy movie. And like what it ended up being, and thinking back, like it's been fourteen years since it's come out, is like I've seen this movie probably like legitimately upwards of like a hundred plus times. Um, and is like I think a really important movie for me, even though it's like not not the most complex plot and not the most developed characters and all that sort of stuff. It just it's like kind of a snapshot in time for me when like I was in college, didn't have anything to worry about, saw this movie. We'll talk through the movie, but it was just kind of like I was going through these things at like the same time as the movie, which I think is is like is really fun as well. So, anyways. We go and we get we get our 40s. We end up walking in like so. Say it's like a 9 p.m. movie. So we walk in at like 9:10, 9:15. So there's like you know trailers are going on, but the movie hasn't started. We walk in and the theater's fucking packed. So there's a bunch of us, and we end up having to like split into like two different spots. So we're in like the second and third row, which obviously. You know, if you're thinking of a theater, you don't want to be in the first two or three rows, especially like, so this theater, the first two or three rows were on the floor. Then there was like the stadium seating. So we're like sitting there, like looking up, whatever, but we were already drinking. We went and got our 40s and whatever, but it's like a party atmosphere in there. Like we go in and, you know, you can see the light because the the screen is showing like a trailer and everyone's like around our age. It's right next to a couple colleges. So, you know, it's it's a good time. But basically, I think what I really want to convey in terms of like why I chose this is like what Superbad reminds me of. And it sounds like funny to be talking about this on like <laughs> like a podcast and like something official is like this is like something that I, I take seriously, even though the movie isn't to necessarily be taken seriously, even though I think at the same time. There's a lot of lessons that we can learn about like friendship and all that sort of stuff through the movie, even though it's like a pretty vulgar movie and like kind of a pretty ridiculous like plotline and storyline. So um, talking about like the main characters and uh, all that sort of stuff. So this stars a lot of people that uh, they were either making their first movies or they were not necessarily like evolved yet. So they, it might not have been their first movie, but this was definitely their first like huge movie. So the budget for this was like around 20 million and it ended up grossing like a hundred plus million in the box office, like almost 200 million, which for a comedy, especially at the time was like pretty crazy. This was like a pretty huge box office success as well as uh, after in the, in the DVD market and Blu-ray and all that sort of stuff has had like almost equally as much success as uh, as in the theaters, um, which is also pretty wild. I think it's kind of caught at like a perfect time between when everyone was like buying DVDs and going to the store and all that sort of stuff um, and pre-streaming as well. But then I think with streaming, it's been uh, it's been also a success there. So this was the first movie for Michael Sarah. Um, so Michael Cera plays Evan. Um, this was his first film and this movie was written 10 years earlier. So, um, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, 
<laughs> it's not written by Jerry. <laughs> I knew what I was gonna say. <laughs> Very top. <laughs> Imagine if Joe Rogan wrote this. So Seth oh, Rogan. Yes. <laughs> That's David. So, so yeah. the movie was written by by not Joe Rogan, um, but Seth Rogan and Evan Goldberg wrote this ten years prior to it coming out, and it was uh, pretty topical for them, and actually fairly true to life. In terms of uh, in terms of what their experience in high school was like, um, at the time, Seth Rogen was too old to uh, to play a high school kid, um, so he uh, he did not play it. Um, that was played by Jonah Hill, um, who had really only had so Jonah Hill played Seth, um, so he had really only had a couple roles at that time. So accepted, knocked up. Kind of in the and this was obviously uh, produced by Judd Apatow, so this was uh, he's in that kind of family and he was kind of like a Judd Apatow guy um, at the time and has kind of uh, cut his teeth in terms of the Judd Apatow films. He's done obviously a couple other ones and, and done a bunch of different movies, um, but was fairly young at the time. So uh, Michael Sarah, um, who has said uh, Evan, so he was actually found um, by Jay Baruchel, who's also kind of in that same group of like actors, and he's in a bunch of the Apatow films um, that uh, that Rogan and all those guys are in. Um, so Jay Baruchel said, "Hey, we've got this guy. I know this dude, Michael Sarah. Uh, I think he'd be awesome for it." And he ended up getting cast in it. And from there, his his career just kind of skyrocketed. So this kind of served as the bouncing off point for a lot of actors um, in this movie. Moving on to, uh, and this is kind of an iconic role for him, but for Fogel is uh, Christopher Mint Ploss. Um, so he was an actor. Um, he was actually under 18 at the time. Um, and so when I when I talk later, kind of in talking to the plot of this, um, there's a little funny tidbit in terms of that of him being under 18. But I think just perfect casting for Fogel. Um, Emma Stone, this is her first movie and thinking of like how she's like an A-list, like top actress now. Um, this was her first movie and I think she plays it really well. And then also knowing that uh, up for this role, like Jennifer Lawrence was also up for this role. So another A-list actor, actress was up for this role. And I don't think it would have been super different. Like I think Jennifer Lawrence would have crushed it in uh, the role of Jules. Um, there as well. So Becca was played by Martha McIsaac and uh, Nicola, um, who is Fogel's kind of love interest, was played by Aviva Bauman. Um, they don't really show up in, in a bunch of other things, at least from what, what I was able to find or, or from what I recall. Um, and then uh, obviously Hayter and Rogan play the, play the two cops there. Um, so Rogan obviously doesn't play himself in the movie, um, but plays uh, one of the cops cops there in the movie as well um so yeah this was uh this was a really important movie and it was also directed by uh by greg matola um he had done some comedies um and tv shows before then but this was his first huge movie um he did adventureland right after this and now he like kind of does tv stuff as well so this was kind of his peak um in terms uh, of that and for comedies, I know comedies are kind of tough to uh, to get really good ratings. A lot of times, like the critics will rate comedies like in the fifties and like kind of at a midpoint. Um, 
but uh, this is rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's an 88% by the critics and an 87% by the audience. It's uh, kind of a, at least for me, is is kind of a perfect movie. And uh, and like I mentioned, with my experience of uh, <laughs> of kind of just sitting there, being a junior in college, like being drunk and like all that, I think that that was the perfect like arena to watch this movie. And at the end of the day, this is a coming of age tale. It's probably my favorite type of movie. And I know it's a comedy and I know it's dumb and I know it's vulgar. And I know that there's like, you know, a, a ton of like swears and like sexual situations. And basically the first 15 movie, 15 movies, <laughs> for 15 minutes are like <laughs> about sex. And literally all that they talk about is sex within the first 15 minutes. Um, at the end of the day, it's about like, two friends that are going separate ways and like are trying to find out like how to work with that and if they're ever going to be friends again and they spend all this time together um and i think that that's like you know really important and was really important to me at the time kind of seeing it i was already in college but like at the same time just looking back and being like oh yeah i had all these friends in college and like we hang out all the time but like are we ever going to hang out again and uh at the same time, it was just kind of like a fun, a fun atmosphere uh, behind it. Um, so I just kind of rambled on a bunch and haven't talked about the movie yet. But do you guys have any questions or anything before I get into it? No further questions, Your Honor. Cool. So the the interesting thing for me was like I kind of like tend to to mask humor like behind some like real feelings sometimes and that was like i think everyone does that and i think that you know for sure that especially a character like seth like does that like he tries to be the funny like you know perfect awesome like he wants to be the the life of the party and, and the one that everyone wants to be around but at the same time he's like insecure at the same time and doesn't want to lose like his best friend evan and they're going to they're going to colleges on like different sides of the country and uh he doesn't really know how to manage that and so he masks that with comedy um and humor but doesn't really know like in and of himself and i don't necessarily think that they were they were for sure thinking about that when like writing the movie like knowing that uh that joe slash seth rogan um, was writing this with with his buddy 10 years prior when they were going through all this stuff and that a lot of the things that happen in the movie um, are things that actually happen to them or that they experience um, but is just kind of something thinking back and when you're when you're thinking about how this movie like kind of plays into your life I think it, it, it's essentially like a coming of age tale um, and that's my favorite kind of movie I try to see it as many good or bad of those as possible um, but with this coming of age tale, uh, the first scene of the movie is this like really wacky like conversation uh, that he has. So, um, so I'm gonna refer to them as their as their characters and not the actors. Um, so Seth is uh, is driving and he's talking to Evan, who's Michael Sarah, on the phone and talking about like when they're at college, like what porn subscription that they're gonna get. So like. This is like so funny because in 2021, if like people were to see this for the first time, they would like not necessarily know what this was talking about. But at the time, that obviously wasn't like a main topic of conversation. <laughs> um, but like, you know, there were like subscriptions to like adult websites that people could get. 
and that they thought about like which ones that they could get because they wanted to like see them and all that sort of stuff. And especially for like high school kids going into college and all that they're thinking about is sex. Um, and that's like super important to them. Um, it's have, just a very funny conversation. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I have to say the years before Pornhub was a thing. Those were some dark <laughs> times that we all had to live through. Those, <laughs> those of you who have not existed or uh, without it, you have no idea how horrible those yeah. years were. So post post Napster LimeWire pre Pornhub was was a very tough time to exist. The dark ages. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, a young a young man in the world. <laughs> and so they're talking about like which ones they want to like sign up for, and they're like, oh well, you can't use your parents' credit card because uh, you know it's going to show up as this and whatever, and. Uh, and then the that's the first like 10 minutes of the movie. So you go directly from this like funk, like, you know, people are dancing into this kind of crazy scene of them just like straight up talking about porn. And I think it just kind of like sets up the table for like what this movie is going to be about and uh, what they're going to care about, like throughout this whole thing. Um, and I think the next biggest scene um, for me is the when they're in class and they're in the home ex scene and Seth is like pissed because he doesn't have a partner and he's explaining like we got two weeks left of class and this is so stupid and you know my partner's not here and Evan has like such a cool partner and it's Maroki and Maroki is like I think one of the, the funnier like kind of tertiary or like third like kind of not necessarily extra but he doesn't really have any lines but he's just a very funny character um where he gets along really well with evan and seth really wants that um and so the teacher tells him after this kind of like profane little uh little exchange that like oh he can be with jules and so jules is emma stone who he has a crush on um and him and jules have this like really funny chemistry there's a there's this like really funny little like kind of vignette of uh him and evan going back and forth and he's like you know pretending to like banger and like you know jerk off into like this he's like into like a mixing bowl and drink it and all this sort of stuff and they have like just kind of like a funny little like connection um and so from there uh like most high schoolers and i think that this is the the best part about this movie is that this is like such a relatable movie is that like when you're in high school Kind of all you want to do is like you're thinking about sex and you're also thinking about like how you get alcohol and having parties and being cool and being like the the people that everyone wants to hang out with and all that sort of stuff and it's like very obvious that evan and seth try to like portray this but they're like not that they're like not cool so they tell about like their their prior weekend and they're hanging out with fogel and they get drunk and they're at this like old people party, like with Seth's parents and end up like throwing up, getting kicked out of like a strip club and all that sort of stuff. So they're not out partying when everyone else is at these like kind of cool and fun parties. Um, so they have an opportunity. So Fogel kind of busts into the class and is like, hey, I can get a fake ID. So they're like super excited about that. Um, also, this is the first time where uh it comes up that seth and evan aren't like not necessarily the first time but the first serious time that seth and evan aren't going to school together but fogel is going to school with evan the next year and like 
Fogel's not cool and Seth doesn't want him to hang out with him and he's a little bit jealous and we kind of like get that throughout this and that's like kind of this first scene um and uh and then we kind of just progress through the day there's kind of a funny little cameo where uh they're they're talking and uh he mentions that they have this fake ID they can like you know get alcohol and all this sort of stuff and Jules is all excited invites him out to this party so he's excited about going to Jules's party because that seems like where everyone's going and uh so Seth meets up with Evan Evans in gym class or whatever they're playing soccer and uh I mean this movie is just like super quotable I'm kind of skipping over a bunch of them but there's uh there's just a ton of quotes from this movie that that I use all the time and I think that are have just kind of become like a little bit of vernacular for people like they're about my age and like at this time where uh and it's actually Dave Franco that uh takes like this soccer game really seriously so he's the cameo in there and he's like hey didn't you pee your pants in like eighth grade or third grade or whatever and he's like <laughs> he's like yeah like like who cares whatever and he's like yeah people don't forget and he like kicks kicks the soccer ball away it's just kind of like a, a really funny scene and it's funny that it's dave franco that's like also in this like apatow like rogan um jonah hill like world for these next kind of kind of few years as well but this is like just a little cameo that he has like one line in it um yeah dave franco and joe rogan are tight yeah they they hang out all the time isn't um, there some kind of a name for that group like the frat pack or something like that yeah, it I mean it definitely was I think pack. I think it, it was like the frat pack, but they've kind of like split up and I, I didn't do like enough research on this and, and that wasn't the goal of this necessarily. But like I think like Seth Rogan has like become fairly critical of this movie, so they use like language that is uh is not necessarily PC and I think if this movie came out this in 2021, it would be a lot different. And I think this movie did kind of come out a few years ago with the the good kids. And it was like basically super bad with like younger kids. Um and was a little bit different than Super Bad was. So, but yeah, at the time this was like these guys were were the guys like the next like comedic actors that were coming up. Um and this was kind of their first huge movie, like especially for Michael Sarah. Um I think Seth Rogan, um Kind of chose them to to play these characters and then they this this was obviously such a huge success that like jonah hill really took off and he was in another couple movies this year like i mentioned earlier but um this was like kind of the biggest movie and like a huge jumping off point for them um so anyways uh they they're basically at the at the point in time where uh they have a fake ID supposedly through Fogel, but it says Muhammad on uh, on there, and Fogel does not look like someone with the name of Muhammad. Uh, and his claim was it's the most it's the most famous popular name in the world. Um, <laughs> Read a and, book. Yeah, <laughs> and they uh, they need to get alcohol and then get to this party, and that's what this whole movie like revolves around is like. These, this group of friends that needs to like get alcohol and they want to be cool and they want to be accepted and there's this like internal struggle between the two of them because they're graduating in a couple weeks and they're they're not necessarily going to see each other every day um 
And so they're they're kind of plotting, and it's like, oh, we're gonna get all this booze, and they promise like gold slick vodka and all this sort of stuff to these girls because they want to impress them and they want to hook up with them and all this stuff. But then when it comes down to it, they they like don't have a plan for this. So I mean, essentially, what happens? Fogel goes into this liquor store, gets a whole bunch of alcohol, and then uh, the liquor store gets held up, and Fogel gets punched in the face, <laughs> um, and then the cops come in. And so that's where uh, our pal Joe slash Seth Rogen um, comes in with Bill Hader and they're the cops and uh, try to get his story. And um, so Seth and Evan are outside of the liquor store, see all this happen, see the cops come and they're like, oh, damn. But in the meantime, uh, Seth gets hit by a car and it's this creepy dude um, and he promises them that like he has access to liquor and he can go to this party and all this sort of stuff. So at the same time that that Fogel is dealing with the cops, um, Seth and Evan just bail on him um, and basically go to this party. And this party is like kind of a main scene of the movie where a whole bunch of stuff happens. Um, so Seth is dancing with this girl and then he sees like blood on his pants and it ends up with this girl that's like grinding on him. like has her period and uh, Seth gets in trouble because the guy that's like throwing the party, he like, he knows that it's his girlfriend. And so Seth, Seth is in trouble. And then the guy that brings him there was never actually invited there. And there's all this sort of scuffle. Um, Seth ends up in the basement and fills up a couple, uh, <laughs> couple like laundry detergent jugs with beer. Uh, Cause there's a fridge that's like full of beer. And so at the same time, Fogel is like, oh my God, I'm off the hook because these cops are so cool. And they actually like take them with them. And is like, oh yeah, we're not going to find them. Like it was like uh, another like really kind of quotable line and like funny line from this is like, yeah, if you watch TV, you think like semen's everywhere. <laughs> um, that's how you like find criminals. <laughs> but they're, he's basically like, yeah, we're never going to find this dude. Like, yeah, let's go get drunk. Um, so these are like idiot cops. Um, and so Fogel's living this like life, like timeline while Seth and Evan are living this other timeline where like their goal is still to get alcohol, but they're like, oh, Fogel's a dead man. Um, so yeah. we're not like, we're not going to worry about him. He got picked up by the cops. Those um, who fall behind stay behind. Exactly. And then the, uh, so the story basically like kind of comes to, uh, comes to a crossroads where, uh, Seth and Evan escape, and there's this, like, fight that goes on. Um, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is uh, when Evan gets, like, caught up in this room, and there's a whole bunch of people in this room, and they're basically like, hey, who the fuck are you? And then he was like, uh, there's a guy in there that's like, oh, like, I know him. He, like, sings or whatever. And uh, he's like, what? And then he's like, my brother Jimmy came all the way from, my, came all the way from Scottsdale, and he wants to hear you sing. And uh, <laughs> Michael Sarah has to pull off singing like "These Eyes" by the Guess Who, and uh, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, "These Eyes," do 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 do, and it's so bad and awful. Um, but he ends up everyone's like high on coke and and uh, and drunk, so like they don't really care. And uh, that's when the fight breaks out, and Evan gets to like leave. Um, but I just think it's so funny that there's these, like, there's all these little scenes that I'm really just kind of skipping over telling, like, this story. Um, but this is, like, a super quotable movie, like, from this era. 
Um, and there's a ton of stuff that comes from it and I'll get into it later, like all the stuff that comes from it. But anyways, talk about the crossroads uh, of this story. And uh, so this is now the second time that Seth gets hit by a car. Uh, this time it's a cop car and it's the cops uh, of Hater and Rogan um, that are there with this uh, with this like kind of crazy homeless dude that they find at this bar as well as Fogel and uh, they hit Seth and uh, they're like oh shit like the cops are like oh shit we hit this guy we're drunk we've been drinking because they went to a bar after they picked up Fogel to go drink because you know semen's not everywhere and they're never going to find this guy and they're these like cool cops and then what ends up is Fogel realizes that it's Seth and Evan and uh, they both end up like all of them end up splitting um, and running together and they end up on this bus. And the biggest thing was uh, that Becca wanted. So Becca is um, the love interest of Evan. Um, and so she wanted gold slick vodka and they're on this city bus trying to get to this party. Um, another thing that's like very of the time and like, this movie wouldn't wouldn't play out the same way in 2021 as it did in 2007 is they all had fucking flip phones. <laughs> um, and so there's like not really texting that kind of exists. Uh, phone service kind of sucks everywhere. And they're in like L.A. at the time or you you, you suspect that this is like in or around L.A. Um, as well, just from like uh, just from all the context clues that you get and they're sitting in this car and um i like lost totally lost my train of thought so there's this phone conversation and evan's on the phone and he's talking to becca and he's basically like oh we got we got the booze like we're on our way but it's like cut to where he can't hear her so all the things that are going through is him being like super pissed off um and that they don't have like the booze and all this sort of stuff um and uh and so yeah that they're on this bus this is not exactly how this story goes but who gives a shit um so they're on this bus the gold slick vodka the homeless guy ends up coming onto the bus he's pissed um and it ends up like throwing their bag they end up having this altercation and the gold slick vodka gets fucking destroyed so gold slick vodka gone all this booze that fogel ended up stealing uh is gone and all they have is uh not all of it, but some of it is still there. And then they've got these two fucking laundry detergent jugs worth of beer uh, left for this party. So all of this, they end up at the fucking party and uh, Becca is hammered and Jules is not. And it's just very funny um, in terms of like a follow-up. Uh, and then so Fogel, I didn't mention this. He has like a very funny line at the beginning, like, Right after he, or right before he goes into that home ec class, uh, he runs into his love interest, who's Nicola. Um, and he has this like really awkward conversation with her. And he like, he's like staring at her. And at the time, it's like very funny thinking of like fashion and like what was hot at the time. But so she's wearing these like white pants and her like thong is like slipping out in front of it. So it's, what what was referred to for the younger kids as a whale tail at the time. 
Um, and he's just like staring at her, and it's these two high school. It's these two high school golden years. <laughs> and she turns around, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" Um, and so he just like looks at his watch, and he's like, "It's ten thirty-three," and then just like turns away, um, and and walks away. And it's like funny that he just like looked at the time or whatever. So the to be fair, just, it was ten thirty-three. Yeah, it was he wasn't wrong. Exactly. Um, so the love interest for our three main characters are for Fogel is Nicola, for Evan is Becca, and for Seth is Jules. So Becca's fucked up. She's hammered, all this sort of stuff. Uh, Evan's like a nice guy. They have this like, I think, re- <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go in terms of a retelling, but a really kind of like relatable scene where it's like people that have never like hooked up before and you can like basically tell that that's the case, trying to like act like they have um, and that they like really know what they're doing and all that sort of (laughs) stuff. And they like clearly do not. Um, And the like, I think funniest line from this like whole thing is Becca is like best blowjay ever. <laughs> so they end up so Evan ends up being like a good dude and Becca ends up throwing up. So she throws up on the bed, so nothing happens there. Um Seth is under this impression that all Jules wants to do is like hook up with him because I have no idea how he has this like kind of it's kind of like a false bravado um which i could kind of relate to i think at the time um but uh yeah jules doesn't drink and seth is like fucked up because he's been drinking at the uh at the house and like thought that jules wanted to get drunk and hook up and thought that that's like what people did like at the time but jules was like no i just wanted people to have a good time this is my house and but i don't drink and i don't want to drink and uh seth ends up like reaching in for a kiss and uh he ends up like headbutting her at that time so the funny thing of this is it's a really funny scene but it was also improvised so that wasn't necessarily like written in and her reaction to it was totally improvised so it has this like over the top where she gets like head bumped and is like what the fuck and that was like super improvised as well so uh obviously not her uh you know most uh strategic or like you know that's the wrong word for this shit um but like you know she didn't need to be this like you know perfect actress at the time but i think it's just like really indicative of like she understood like what the scene was and what it needed um in terms of this and like thinking about this being emma stone's first movie and then uh what all the other movies that she's done including like musicals and all these like really serious movies um I think is just really indicative of that. And it's funny to see that she got her start kind of doing this. And then the last one is, uh, and the only one, and surprisingly, the only one to like actually hook up is uh, our pal Fogel. Um, Funny thing about this scene. So the real actor for this, Christopher Mintplass, whatever, uh, was 17 at the time. And when they were filming his, like he was filming this sex scene and uh has this really funny line where he's like trying to hook up with her and he's like it's in uh which i think is like just very funny and like relatable like for virgins <laughs> <sex before. laughs> and uh 
but actually when they were filming because of like the nature of the scene he was under 18 so his mom actually was in the room like while they were filming oh, <laughs> so this uh, actually came up very recently when uh i forget who it was was talking about filming a sex was it jake gyllenhaal was talking about filming a sex scene with jennifer oh, yeah. aniston yeah and put a pillow between them yeah and he was like yeah we have to use the pillow and there's like 50 people in the room and it's like not hot and like all this sort of stuff but like you know whatever so it's just funny to like think of like you know he's 17 in this movie and like re-watching it now i think will be like very funny because knowing that he's doing this like really earnestly and i think plays it like super well in terms of like someone who's like never had sex before and is like having sex and his mom was like in the room. So it's like just very funny to me. I mean, shit, so, given his age, he could have actually been a virgin at the time he was filming the scene. <laughs> I mean, he's a Hollywood actor, but at the same time, like, I mean, that's just crazy to think about. Yeah. So, anyways, the cops end up getting a call and they are busting the place. Um, so they end up busting into the room as, uh, so busting is like very funny that he said as a term. Um, so Fogle is like, <laughs> Fogel's like, this girl and the two cops of, uh, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader come in and they're like, oh my God, Fogle. Like he's the one that ran from them. Um, and they're busting the party. And so Seth and Evan end up running and, so I failed to mention this, and I shouldn't have failed to mention this because it's maybe the most important scene of the movie. So Seth and Evan end up having this like really real conversation. And I think it's like it, it came to a crossroads in terms of their friendship. Um, and this was after they left the party and like right around when they were like at the party um, with that like dude that hit Seth at the first time of like hey we're going to college at different colleges next year seth was pissed because he was like hey fogel you're i know you're going to school with him at dartmouth but like he's a fucking loser like don't live with him and evan has already said that he like wanted to live with them um so they have this like huge falling out um it does not <laughs> their falling out is not trumped by their like want to go to this party and hook up with these girls, which is also like just kind of a very like funny high school kind of early college type of thing. Um, but they have this falling out. And uh, at the end of this, when the cops break it up, like so Evan is like super drunk and Seth is dr almost as drunk, but not as much and ends up like they end up like carrying each other. And so Seth is carrying Evan like throughout these, uh, <laughs> ends up like dinging his head a couple times and is bringing him through these backwoods to go back to go back to their place and, and pass out. And they have this like really real, um, so basically what happens with Fogel is they're like, oh my God, so this chick runs away and they're hooking up and whatever. And then Fogel's like, I wanna look cool. So like make this look awesome. And uh, they end up like fake arresting him and bringing him to the car and Fogel looks like this, like the fucking man. And then what happens with the cops is they end up going to this like dead end and they're like, uh, well, we're drunk and they've been drinking all night. And this is just kind of like a crazy story. So we need to burn this cop car and say that some homeless dude like took it. Um, so they end up like throwing Molotov cocktails at this and whatever. And they end up bringing Fogel home. Um, 
So then what happens with uh, Seth and Evan is Seth is holding Evan um, and it's kind of like a, a rekindling moment where like, yeah, they just had this falling out and Evan tells him like, hey, I just don't want to live with strangers and so I'm going to live with Vogel, um, but like you're my best friend and like, you know, I think Seth's like insecurity with that is like very obvious um, in terms of uh, just their whole dynamic. But they end up going back and they're they're sleeping kind of in together, not together. They're in separate like uh, separate. Uh, what are those things called? Beds, sleeping bags. No, they're not in beds. They're in like sleeping bags <laughs> on the floor, and they have this like super like funny moment where they're like, "You're my best friend," and they do like boop, <laughs> and so that's like another like really like quotable moment of that where they're like they have this drunk moment of like i understand that like things aren't going to get better than this like as our friendship and like that's okay and things might change and so that's like the deeper meaning behind all of this um and then they pass out and then so the next morning uh they're like you know they're high school kids so they go to the fucking mall and uh so they're at the mall and guess who they run into? They run into Becca and Jules. Oh my God, that's so fucking crazy that everything works out perfectly in these comedy movies. Um, so Evan and Becca need to go get a uh, comforter because Becca threw up when she was supposed to give the best blow J ever to <laughs> Evan. Um, and then Seth headbutted Jules, AKA Emma Stone. So they need to get more makeup for him. So they have this really cute moment um, where they decide to pair up and uh, the two of them end up going together. So neither of them hooked up with these girls that all that they talked about all movie was like hooking up with them and how it was gonna be perfect and they got this whole summer together and all this sort of stuff. Um, and then they realize that like, this is the deeper meaning behind it that like friendship is more important to that. And at the end of the day, like things actually worked out and that they need to like, you know, be genuine. And that's, that's, what's going to end up uh, being the best thing in the end. There you have it. That is the story. And these are the movie's stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow the Movie Stories podcast on Twitter at the MOV Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. So I hope that that was like halfway coherent. Um, that was great. Yeah. In terms of the movie, there's some like really fun facts like with this as well. So I think the soundtrack was fucking awesome. So even though it wasn't, it didn't take place in like the seventies, there's a lot of like funk music and like even between scenes and the beginning opening scene of Michael Sarah like dancing and it's all these like kind of like psychedelic like things and whatever is like funk music um so that's kind of the backdrop for all of this um already mentioned jennifer lawrence like almost played jules who was emma stone so just awesome to like 
see that like even if she did play it this role like she's also like an a-list actress um and it probably would have springboarded her career as well other titles um so super bad came from uh one of evan goldberg uh who was like one of the writers with seth rogan um it was uh they were like getting high and talking about this and they're like oh just call it super bad um but it was also potentially going to be called bitter end or separation anxiety which i think are shitty fucking titles like for this i think super bad is like absolutely perfect like everything that this uh movie wants to convey um so that end house party at jules house uh, was actually on the same block as the OJ house. <laughs> um, so that's just kind of like funny to think about kind of looking back. And then uh, in the movie, there's like, like I mentioned, this is like one of the most quotable movies. And I know I didn't go through all of the quotes. I talked more about the plot. But uh, at one point, Seth talks about how these girls are like down to fuck, DTF. And... Uh, in an interview, the so the Jersey Shore became popular like right after this movie came out in like 2009, 2010. And one of their things other than GTL, Jim Tan Laundry was like, oh, these girls are DTF. They said that they got it from Superbad. Um, so this movie was like, I think, not to say that it was like important that this is like high fucking art or anything like that. But this was a really important uh, movie to... Um, pop culture and uh, at the time. And also, so to kind of wrap a bow on this, and I promise I will wrap this up right now, is I mentioned that like this theater experience was like one of my favorites because I was a junior in college. We got all these 40s, we're sitting on the floor. There's, it's all fucking college kids that are in there. Everyone's laughing their ass off. Everyone's high, everyone's drunk, everyone's having a good time. So there was like one time, one of my buddies about like, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the movie had to take a piss. And so he gets up and he accidentally like not. So we're sitting in the in the first couple rows. So the floor is like, uh, you know, whatever tile floor. Basically, it's not carpeted. And he accidentally like knocks over one of like the 40s and that knocks over like all of the fucking 40s. So as he's like walking to go to the bathroom, there's this like dude that's like walking across the screen because you can like fucking see him. And then there's all these like glass bottles that are just fucking going any everywhere. And everyone in the theater just like lost their mind laughing. Um, and so it was just like kind of a collective experience, obviously for everyone there, but it's also just a snapshot in time of like, you know, just a perfect moment. And uh even though it's not the deepest movie of all time, I think is just a, a really fun fucking movie and uh, one that I watch very regularly. And like, if I'm drunk or like, you know, whatever, like, oh, I don't have anything to watch tonight. Like I can throw this movie on and I've seen it well over a hundred times um, and pick up different things here and there and different quotes and all that sort of stuff. And it's just, I think just a really fun movie. So. I hope that this was enjoyable and halfway coherent. Um, but if it wasn't, then whatever. <laughs>